Good morning, Croydon Jubilee Church, and uh, welcome on this Sunday morning, although it isn't really. Actually, it's Thursday evening, a couple of days before Sunday, but uh, um, there we go. That's what happens during these sort of COVID uh, seasons, so uh, good morning anyway. Um, If you're joining us for the first time, um, we are uh, in the uh, early days of walking through um, a, a series on the book of Proverbs, um, Brian uh, launched the series and explained to us a couple of weeks ago that um, uh, within Proverbs it talks about there being seven um, pillars of wisdom and uh, each week we are selecting one of those pillars and we're going to um, sort of talk, preach through um, that particular pillar. Um, so um, last week Neil uh, led us through um, fear of the Lord. Um, one of the things that I particularly um, remember from last week and uh, um, sort, of stre- uh, sort of resonated with me was the fact that, uh, um, you know, the world's view on the fear of the Lord is sort of quite different perhaps to a lot of a Christian view in the sense that, uh, um, you know, we, we know that God is our Father who loves us. Um, and so once we're kind of rooted in the knowledge of that love, you know, then we can behold God in, a, in the right sort of fearful way. But obviously that's sort of quite different to a a world who perhaps doesn't really know that God actually loves us. So, um, so this week we're going to um, move to um, looking at um, trust in the Lord. Now, when I had the opportunity to preach on trusting in the Lord, um, I was like, yes, I really want this. This is, this is fantastic. I, I love um, you know, th- this word. I love the most famous proverb, I think, you know, is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, um, what a great proverb. I'm like, yes, I'm going to go for this. And uh, um, actually, I found it quite hard in prepping for this. I'm, sort of, uh, I, I'm somebody who likes to put a lot of um, time into sort of writing stuff down and getting it all prepped and uh, um, and eventually, after quite a lot of uh, um, sort of um, practice and going through this, I came up with uh, what I thought was, uh, was, a, was a, good, a good message, a good script. And, um, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm quite pleased with this, actually. I'm, you know, I've got a, quite a lot of good material in here. And uh, so I thought, OK, I'm just going just gonna to trial it out on, on Donna, my wife. So, uh, Donna, you know, please, would you sit through my, my little preach? And, uh, and she... Um, she did, and I started going through it, and uh, yeah, and as her sort of face uh, speaks a thousand words, <laughs> and in fact, it was her words at the end of it, she said, well, you know, I am your number one fan, <laughs> and that was it, and I just felt, you know what, I really felt at that point, God was sort of saying, life is not a script, okay, life isn't about having it all scripted and laid out. And actually, that's really hard for people like me because I'm the sort of person who really likes to have things organized and controlled, you know, within my own capabilities, within my own limits. Um, you know, and that, for me, that's how I operate. I need to operate like that, or I think I need to operate like that. And, uh, but, you know, I think at the moment it would also be fair to say that, you know, we're perhaps in a, in a moment in history where it isn't like that, is it at all? I think lots of us are finding our scripts torn up or certainly thrown out the way. All our plans, our ideas of what we think we need or what we think we need to do is not happening. It's not happening like that at the moment. 
And of course, that is really uncomfortable for us. Um, you know, as Christians, even though we can proclaim that we absolutely love God, that God loves us, it's still, it's still an uncomfortable place for us at times. So um, we're going to um, dive into this because uh, I think right at the centre of that, it is about our ability to trust in God with our hearts. So let's, let's sort of walk through that. Let's use that proverb um, as the basis for um, our message, my message today. Um, and we're going to walk through um, aspects of that. And I'm going to pick up some other scripture and other proverbs as well. So let's just consider first, well, what is trust? Well, sort of trust is, it's really like a, a condition of our heart, isn't it? It's a condition of heart where we can sort of rest in the fact that something is taken care of, fully taken care of. And the picture um, you know, that I have mostly is uh, of Jesus in the boat in the middle of the storm, you know? Who could sleep in the middle of a storm? I mean, I find it hard enough to sleep in my bed when the rain's battering on the windows and it's, uh, and it's windy. But who could sleep in the bottom of the boat in the middle of a gale when the experienced fishermen are all panicking? Only somebody who absolutely is rock solid in the fact that God has taken care of this. Um, so, yeah, so trust is about um, <clears throat> very much about um, putting our kind of confidence um, in the right place. It's about resting and it's about having our confidence in something. You know, we, we put our confidence in, you know, anything that we put our trust in. If I, if I say, for example, I put all my money in the bank, I'm, I'm putting my confidence in the bank to take care of it. I'm, if I'm walking over a, um, a wobbly bridge, I'm putting my confidence that the bridge is going to hold me. Um, so, so confidence is an important factor um, in trust. Um, of course, trust includes... Um, What's valuable to us? You know, I, I'm, trust isn't about, oh, I can just trust you with, with something that's not important to me. Trust is very much about what's important to me, hence trust with all your heart, okay? So our most important thing. Um, so, yeah, there's, obviously to trust requires us to be letting go of something of great value to us. Um, trust also requires, it's about, obviously, about relationship. And ultimately, it's about um, sort of knowing who we're trusting and about kind of also being known um, by the one, if it's to do with another person in whom we're trusting. So, um, yeah, and I think that's obviously a really important um, factor that we're going to explore. Obviously, knowing God more, experiencing and encountering God more, means that it will help us grow in trusting uh, him more. So let's ask ourselves then the question, why do we actually find it hard to trust? Well, I think that probably most of us can um, consider um, brokenness in our early years, things where perhaps things went wrong early years in our life, you know, where perhaps um, uh, things happened to us that, uh, um, where, we, where our hearts were affected by it, where we thought it should have gone one way and it didn't go one way and we felt hurt through it, um, where our, our vulnerabilities were exposed, our weaknesses um, were exposed and and perhaps it was a time as well where, um, you know, those who um, were entrusted to look after us actually weren't there or didn't step in, didn't do the right thing. Um, I was just driving back from work today and uh, uh, I just was driving along and I saw this little boy uh, walking in front of his dad and, and the little boy just fell over and the dad was immediately there um, and, uh, and picking him up. And I thought, you know, that's it. That is... That is how it is supposed to work, isn't it? You know, we, we, we live life, we fall over, and God is there, or our Father is there picking us up and making sure we're all okay. But 
Obviously, for many of us, that isn't how it always happened. And, you know, our, our lives, often particularly early on in our lives, are, are full of experiences where, um, where perhaps, unfortunately, um, the persons who were entrusted to look after us weren't able to sort of step in and pick us up. Um, I remember um, taking um, my middle daughter, Lucy, um, swimming when she was uh, um, very young. And uh, um, I was really excited about this. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm so going to love uh, Lucy jumping into the pool. And she'd been a couple of times before. And I remember she got to that age where she was sort of ready to, to jump into the water. And, uh, um, and so, of course, you know, standing on the side and there's a little bit of hesitation. And it's like, no, it's OK. It's absolutely fine. And of course she does, and, and, and it's fine, I catch her, and, and that's no worries. And, and then she gets out again, and, uh, and then there's, there's Dad thinking, yeah, let's just make it a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, I'll move a little bit further back. And, and, uh, and then poor little Lucy sort of jumps, and I wasn't quite close enough, and uh, it was only a few moments, but I, I mean, she survived. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, there was a little bit of panic in her face, and... Uh, and, you know, absolutely, you know, fine. But, of course, after that, you know, there was this sort of immediate sort of sense of, well, I'm not going to be doing that again for a while. Um, and so somehow or other, that little bit of uh, um, trust, broken trust, sort of got into it. And, of course, I think we can consider our lives, um, particularly those perhaps who haven't had a particularly um, tough life, you know, it could be that there's lots of little examples of that in our life where, where things are broken, where our little trust is broken. But, of course... There are sadly others, um, um, you know, that we that we know who who have had horrific experiences, and I think that, uh, um, yeah, I not 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 really need to go into any detail on that. But of course, if that is the case, then then that could really have smashed up our ability um, to to be able to to trust. Um, and then I think um, we are also influenced um, by the world view on things. You know, um, yeah. Um, our, our trust is delicate. Um, when we're small, we're, you know, it's sort of protecting our heart, which is vulnerable and, and weak. Um, but we live in a world which really favours the strong, doesn't it? It really favours the strong. And even though sometimes it can sort of promote, um, sort of, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's good to be um, big-hearted, tender-hearted. But actually, in reality, the world is full of let's favour the strong, Okay. So I think um, just moving on from why we find it hard to trust, I want to give a little bit more thought perhaps to, um, to, to that secular worldview um, and, uh, and, and what it kind of encourages us towards. Because I see certainly within myself um, a heck of a lot of influence um, from the worldview um, in the way that um, I, I process and manage and, and, and cope and deal with, with, with things in order to to protect my heart, to protect myself. Um, so the world's view predominantly um, is based on one thing. It's based on man's ability to work it out. It's based on man's intelligence, um, which, of course, is kind of God-given. Um, but, um, you know, the world's view doesn't know any other way. And so, of course, the world will, will focus on, on what can we intellectually um, kind of come up with. And I kind of see it a little bit like this, um, that uh, um, perhaps when I was uh, um, sort of small and, uh, um, and, and um, my, my, I first experienced my, uh, my heart being uh, um, uh, um, damaged or affected by um, broken trust, um, it's almost like my brain stepped in and my brain sort of said, right, I'm going to take over now. I'm going to take over protecting heart. 
You know, heart, when heart gets hurt, that's no good for body as a whole. And, and so I think my brain decided, you know, I'm going to find ways of coping. I'm going to find ways of, of protecting my heart. And, and I think the world's view is very much based around that. You know, it thinks, well, we, there's no one else here, so we've got to work it out ourselves. Um, and, and then the world comes up with a, a whole range of different ways of trying to cope with things, of trying to um, distract ourselves from things, from trying to divert ourselves from the pain. You know, and of course, we can, we can say that things like addiction sort of feed into that and uh, any form of escapism. It's all trying to get away from, actually, my heart is broken. My heart is hurting um, in this. And so, and so, unfortunately, the world is sort of stuck in this cycle, um, that it can see that there's a problem, um, but it, it, it can't fix it because it can't fully acknowledge what the problem is. And it's interesting that Isaiah says um, that the intelligence of the intelligent, he will frustrate. And I think that is the case with the world, you know. Um, I think also, you know, we, we often think, well, a lot of people who are non-Christians will say, well, well where's God? Prove that he's here. And and I think along with that, um, Jesus said uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, it's the, it's the pure of heart who shall see God. And this is an example again, isn't it, where the world wants to understand with our brains. We want to get our brains into it. We can get our head around God. That's bizarre, isn't it? How, how weird that we think that us finite beings can actually get our heads around the infinite almighty God. That's that's crazy. It's pride. I mean, like, what else could it be that I think that my small little brain can get my head around the almighty God? But that's the world's mindset. That's the way we've got to, because we know no other way of doing that. Um, so, yeah, so, but, but as I said, Sermon on the Mount, the pure of heart will see God. That's what Jesus said. And he's just making a statement. This is the way it is. Broken heart, maybe it confuses us. Maybe we don't always sort of see God because we've got problems or issues going on inside of our heart. Come on to that. Okay, so that's a little bit about the sort of secular um, world, world view. Um, so what is the truth? Um, and what does sort of Christianity and what does God, what does Jesus who, um, sort of promote around this? So, of course, right at the beginning of this all, uh, we know the story of Adam and Eve. We know the fact that it is sin. Um, and the consequence of sin was a broken relationship with God. And that, of course, is the Christian story, that actually the root of the problem is our relationship with God um, was broken. It was broken, and until um, you've accepted Christ into your life, that kind of connection, that heart-to-heart connection with God is not there. It's not fully there as it's meant to be. And so um, you know, the good news of salvation, of course, is that Jesus, through everything that he accomplished on earth and um, through his death and resurrection, um, has enabled us to receive the implanting of God into our hearts. And that is wonderful news because that is basically God saying, I've got a way of reconnecting our hearts to each other. Now, it's going to take time for that connection to grow and be established and work out. And there's going to be some challenges on the way because your mind is so used to coping and dealing with stuff this way. But over time, as you keep looking on Jesus, I'm going to make that heart connection get there. I'm going to work through it and make it work. And, uh, you know, that is so so wonderful. That is such good news. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart 
with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. I think, you know, there you have it. You know, God has said the heart connection with him is broken. Okay, Proverbs points to the fact that actually springs of life come out of your heart. So if we can get our hearts connected back with God and working properly, life's going to start flowing more effectively from our hearts. We'll come back on that word vigilance in a moment because, because there's something really important uh, in there as well. But just to read another proverb, Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I, do you know what? I, I hadn't seen that proverb before. Sometimes you just read the Bible, you read it, read it, read it, and then suddenly you see this and you think, flipping heck. <laughs> that is, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Ah, I've been doing that all my life. <laughs> you know, but, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Wow. Well, we're doing a series on wisdom. Um, I just, there's one thing that struck me about this as well. Um, Wisdom, you know, it would be quite easy to say, well, that's it then, guys. You know, we've got to go for wisdom. We've got to aim for wisdom. We've got to seek wisdom. But what's interesting is that this was written in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament um, environment, you know, where perhaps the full revelation of, of, well, the full revelation of Jesus coming to earth and doing everything that he did wasn't yet apparent. Um, and, uh, and I think that uh, um, Brian mentioned in the first uh, part of the series that... Um, Wisdom is, um, is, is sort of personified, isn't it? It's, it's um, the, the person of wisdom um, is very much used the language through the book. It's very much about the person of wisdom. And so, of course, it says, uh, he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Well, if you start to think about the New Testament and about Jesus, he is the fulfillment of this. He is the person of wisdom. So we could almost reread the scripture. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in Jesus will be delivered. What? Wow. What amazing news. What amazing news. But I would say in my own experience that it's not something that happens sort of overnight. You know, it's something about, yeah, God implants a seed in us and he says we're going to walk it out guys we're going to walk this journey out together and it's going to grow into you it's going to something and of course there's much uh, um, 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 sort of uh, words in the word that talk about things like the yeast growing in us or the seed um, growing in us and uh, and that sort of sense of, of it needs time to work itself through us um, and ultimately, what God wants for us, he wants to take us to that place where, like Jesus, that we can rest in the bottom of the boat, in the middle of the storm, because we know he has got our hearts in his hands. He's taking care of our hearts. And that's a process of us learning how to be in more rest, to be in more peace. Um, but it's not something that we can conjure up ourselves. It only really comes when we get our eyes on Jesus, and we learn to get our eyes off ourselves, my own way of fixing myself, my own way of trying to sort myself out, and I get my eyes on Jesus. And that's why in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You keep him in perfect peace, 
whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's where God is taking us. That is what God wants for us. And all he says is keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep Jesus really close to you. Keep that relationship really close to you. Galatians 2.20. I quote this because... I think, as I say, there's a journey of working this out. And I think, you know, the Apostle Paul got to this place where he says, do you know what? It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who's living within me. Kind of that seed had grown in Paul's heart to the point where he kind of knew, actually, he didn't need to rely so much more on his own stuff to sort it out. He's in a place where it's like, God's with me. God is going to sort it out. But he had to grow through it and he had to face the challenges that we all had to face. And I'll tell you what, there are many times when I'm like, oh God, I can't cope with this. I'm going to have to try and fix it myself again. And God said, that's okay. I'm there, you know, just keep pressing in, keep pressing in. I'll let that yeast and that seed keep working and little by little, we'll get there. That's God's love for us. Okay, so sort of finally... um, How can we kind of apply the truth as Christians? Well, I've sort of said a few things on the way um, in this, but uh, um, to quote another scripture, James 1 verse 21 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. That, that, that scripture really, really spoke to me. It spoke to me because it, there are certain things that we um, can do that uh, um, will perhaps, uh, I think, it possibly inhibit um, God's sort of working in, the, in getting the seed working within us and, and maybe even us discerning the will of God through us. And I think that um, it talks about moral filth and, and evil. And I think that, you know, it is right that we should aim to get away from that stuff. We shouldn't let that stuff be upon us, you know, we should, we should try, you know, we should try and get away from that stuff. And it's not to be legalistic in it, it's just, it's, and it's not saying that, that God, God's going to um, love you any less if you still keep cursing all the time or whatever. It's not that, it's just saying that that moral filth kind of clogs up perhaps our ability to discern and hear what he's saying. And it perhaps gets in the way of that peace and that rest that he really wants for us. So it's not about, about legalism, you know, about trying to please God. It's just saying, actually, that's the better way for you. Get rid of it. Get it out of the way. And then it goes on to say, and humbly accept the word planted in you. Um, I've talked about the word being planted as a seed in us that grows. Um, that word humbly is a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one particularly because, you know, I've had to face a lot of um, stuff in my life where I'm like self-preservation I want to look after my image. I don't want people to think um, less of me or um, think that I'm weak in any way. Um, and I kind of like I've had to keep battling and we all had to keep battling through that stuff. And, and, you know, it's kind of coming to that place and saying, actually, God, you know what? You found me as I am. And really, you keep picking me up as I am when I fail, when I crash, when I do things wrong, when I, when I don't let um, the peace rule in my heart, you know. Actually, it just brings me back, and thank you, God, that there is no condemnation. I can get up again and start to walk again in you. So, so to encourage us to keep practice keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping that close connection. I mean, it, to a point where it's like, God, I need you. 
regularly, all the time, you know, help me with my work now, help me with looking after my kids, help me in my relationships at home. And it's not just a moment, it's a continual dialogue, isn't it, often? It can be like that. Or sometimes it's a case of running into the quiet place and saying, oh, God, please be with me now. Or, yeah. Um, the final thing, I think, to say, really, is how can we help each other on this? Now, um, I've been really uh, convicted that... Uh, um, vulnerability is so important in this. You know, I, I started off by saying I felt God was saying, oh God, I not lean on my own understanding. And, and uh, I think God would, would want us to be a lot more comfortable with our own um, frailties, maybe our own weaknesses, our own vulnerabilities. Um, I think Jesus needs to see the strength of Christ in us and not perhaps the strength of man. And I think quite often when, you know, we put on our... our normal ways of doing stuff, of coping and of, of you know, preaching sometimes, um, then we are kind of uh, um, perhaps showing more the strength of us and our capabilities rather than actually it's through my weakness and vulnerability. So, so I, I feel I'm, I'm blessed to be in this church because I know that we are aiming for a culture where we want to lift each other up. We don't want to put condemnation on each other. We want to encourage those who feel weak and vulnerable so actually God has got a great plan and he wants to lift everyone up. And, and that is what we're aiming for. And it is so wonderful um, that we are in a church that wants to do that. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, that's really what I wanted to share um, this morning. So um, bless you guys. Um, may you have a, um, a wonderful Sunday and week ahead. So 